This is Moments with Foo with James Foo Torres, better known as Foo, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Moments with Foo is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Foo. My name is James Futoris, where you can call me Fu, and I'm the host of Moments with Fu, you know, hence the name of the podcast. And today I have David Bear, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. But first, David, how are you? I am awesome. I, I, we are doing, I think, the very first on-location version of your podcast, and um, this is super cool, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. So thanks for inviting me. Oh, thanks for, for helping me set, up, set this up. You know, you got the location, you got the the video person, and uh, I'm very excited to to take my podcast to the next level with this, starting with this podcast. So um, let's kick it off with a quick introduction about yourself and your company. Yeah, totally. Um, so my name is David Bear. I'm one of the co-owners of a, a company called The Prepared Group. Totally original name. We just, uh, it was a re- rebranding from a uh, marketing agency called Prepared Marketing. And we made a shift in our business uh, that um, really sent us in a a completely new and for us very exciting direction, which was to help agencies like the one we used to be, be more intentional about their strategic approach to the work they do with their clients and helping their clients in a more uh, holistic way, which ultimately brings them more uh, profits or net profits, which is a big thing in in, our world, um, as well as uh, a longer and very different type of relationship, sort of a trusted advisor relationship with the, uh, the businesses they serve. Amazing, and that's one of the things that resonated with me because I, I love strategy. I mean, yeah. being connected with the Strategic Advisor Board and being spending so much time with Jason Miller as a business strategist, and now that's why I call myself a PR strategist mm-hmm. because it's not about just me being a publicist that I can pitch, because I even have a senior publicist under my company, you know, it's about the strategy, like how to go about the the PR, the PR, which is just public relations, which is everything that is image that is out there for the public. So yeah. that could be social media, that could be featuring in the media, that could be so many things that for me to be, that's why I had that revelation after talking with Jason, it was like, oh, that, I'm a PR strategist. And that's why I did. And that's why we resonated so well so since we kick it off the bat, like just, first couple of minutes we kind of bonded like on that strategy thing and then yeah. we were local too right so that being local and we planned this like the first call that we had so uh, this is the, the manifestation of that call so this is amazing so what i like to do with this podcast is to give people perspective and give people advice that is actionable so not just fluff i want to get like to to something that is going to be like an aha moment uh, or, or, or something that people will, will take action on right after listening to this podcast. So on that note, do you have any advice or tips for business leaders in relates to, to your expertise, which is, you know, like uh, the strategy in uh, marketing, right? I could pick from so many different things, but I think let's, let's talk a little bit today about um, a conversation you and I were having uh, about uh, 45 minutes ago when we first arrived here, and it's about claiming a clear position in the mind of the consumer and how when businesses 
really focus in on distinguishing themselves in a very clear way, that there is so much more opportunity. And uh, we can, we can you know, use the, the winery uh, as, as a perfect example of that because we're, by the way, if, you, if, if our uh, listeners um, or viewers hadn't noticed, um, we're at a winery, there's a you know, wine bottle behind us, wine glasses next to us, it's called Blizzard Wines and Vineyard. It is not too far from where we both live, uh, here in, really uh, in Oregon wine country. And these guys have claimed a very distinctive and different position from a lot of their neighbors, which I think um, helps them attract people, you know, who may be looking for a little bit different experience, a little bit different. Certainly the wine is very different. We can talk about, you know, what all of that is. But that's, that is one of the many elements that I think uh, businesses which take a strategic approach can leverage. And so I, I hope we can dig into that. No, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, you brought one, there was one word uh, that you said that really stood out for me because of, you know, what I do and how I operate, which is the story. And that's a big part of the experience of these wineries. Mm -hmm. I mean, I live here very close. I've been here before. I've been to other wineries. And one of the biggest things about these wineries is the story. Yeah. Especially, that's a big thing in wine too. It, it's like, where did this, this came from? Like, oh, the crop when there was like fires or the crop when it was like really wet mm -hmm. or, you know, the, everything, every wine has its story, right? Not from the crop, like when you store it and all that. And, and I really like the story that we were told, you know, being uh, specializing on, on the French wine style mm -hmm. and, and having exclusivity with boutique uh, wineries from France for 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 the bubbly here right like the yeah. champagne and that that's so amazing because a lot of people care way more about the why about mm -hmm. things uh, than the how like oh can you get the results okay cool now why are you doing this why did you got into this I don't yeah. know I see that in in Shark Tank I see it in my line of work right I do PR so I literally tell the stories of people and that's why I love like the tagline of my company, which is empowering ideas into movements. And those ideas, they have a story, yeah. right? So I love that. So, so on that note, would you like to dig into the story of this winery and kind of kick well, it off from there? I, I will in a moment, but, but you, you said a few things there that I think are, are really helpful to, um, to, to dig into a little bit further. The reason why we're at a winery is I used to be in the wine business. I used to be a marketer specifically in the wine industry. And my job, I was a marketing director for an importer in New York, and we would bring wines in, and then my role was to help support our sales team and give them the assets they needed, the, the mechanisms they needed to be able to sell the wine. And we had a portfolio of, you know, there's lots of wineries in the world, right? We didn't have big, famous brand name wineries. We had little farms, right? And if our wineries that we were representing had a website, many of them didn't, right? The website would say something so contrived like, we grow the finest grapes on the hillsides with the best exposure to create a premium wine. And my job was to figure out, okay, what is the interesting story that I can actually extract from what I know of these winemakers, what I know of their experience to be able to arm my sales team with so that when they're going into some fancy restaurant in Manhattan and they are trying to sell that wine to the wine buyer, who in turn has to get their 
service staff to sell that wine to the, the patron there having dinner, right? It all happens with story. So I spent, thankfully, I had a cool job where I got sent to Europe. I would hang out with winemakers. I would hear their stories. And then I would write those stories to be able to get that wine moving from you know, the vineyard to our warehouse to the, to, to the seller at the restaurant and in, into those consumers' hands. So story is hugely, hugely important. And it's also the right story. It's not just you know, a story, but when there's something that someone can connect with, right? So let's say I had, you, you were in the Air Force, okay? I had a uh, winemaker who was uh, uh, in France in Burgundy. He actually had left his family's uh, you know, um, vineyard. They call them wine farms, basically, is what, um, what they refer to them as. And he left for the military. He was in the French Air Force. And he was pursuing a career uh, as a pilot. And then he got a law degree, and he was going to pursue sort of uh, um, some role in the legal part of the Air Force in, in, in France. His uh, father, who I think was second or third generation winemaker in the family, was on his deathbed, and he said, I want my son to come back and be part of this family, right? And, well, and, and the family a, business, a right? Thing. Now, so this guy comes back. He, he then sort of reimmerses himself into the family, the family routine, which is basically living the winemaker lifestyle. And ends up taking over the family business, leaving the Air Force, and, and, and becoming an incredibly important and notable Burgundy winemaker, right? Amazing. Now, if, if a service staff member is serving you at a restaurant and they, you know, hey, your first time in the year, oh, cool, you know, what brought you here? What, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm in the, in the Air Force, or I was in the Air Force, that is an instant connection that that person can make. And it doesn't matter that you like or you don't like Burgundy. Suddenly, you have a connection with that product because of the story, the lore, behind the guy who was responsible for making that wine and his personal story. And that's pretty darn magical. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioning that about the connection, uh, that's one of the things that, I, like I was telling you right before we started recording, that that's one of the things that I like the most about the Air Force or my Air Force experience or just military experience in general, which is like, yeah, like it sucked a lot, you know, the deployments and all that stuff, but that brotherhood or sisterhood or, you know, like non-genderhood, right? <laughs> it's been amazing. Uh, like it was amazing at the time and it's been amazing even after the fact. I mean, being a veteran now, every time that I say somebody, oh, I'm a veteran and they are veteran, instant connection. That's it. Like then we get into the details, but we connect instantly. That's how I literally connect with Jason yep. and, and made this happen. Like being able to, be doing this podcast in in a, in a sense it was a big part of, of being a veteran, and that's why, you know, it's uh, I have like mixed feelings because you know I think back and I'm like, damn, that was a lot of times that sucked, you know, like it sucked, it was bad. I mean, I was just like, can't wait to get out of here, 
But then, I, you know, this is the flip side of like, damn, I, I did that and I'm being able to do all these things. And, and now I have that story yeah. too, right? Like now I can say, look, I'm an Air Force veteran. I got out. Now I do PR. I didn't even know anything about PR. So if you're out there and you think that you want to do something and you don't know anything about it, I did not know anything about PR. I've been doing it for two years and a half, well, two years and seven months now. And, you know, I, I don't regret going that path. So, you know, that's something that I want to get to the audience because, you know, if you're thinking about it, just go for it, you know, and then that's going to be your story, how you went from something completely unrelated to that, right? That, there's always a story behind it. So I love that. I, I love stories. That's, that's why I literally yeah. picked PR because it's, when I started this journey, I wanted to, I started with a coaching program that I invested to learn about SEO, lead generation, and PR. That was the three things that they were teaching me in that program. But PR was the thing that stand out the most for me because of that, that authority, right? Like being featured in Forbes or being in TV, being on top level podcasts, like, you know, this one, right? <laughs> and, and that was the thing that stand out the most for me and I wanted to do it and I just went for it. And, and now I, I get to, you know, talk with very cool people like you and hear their stories and then find angles to get it out there so people really buy into the story and then your services, oh, can, can you deliver? Are you a good, good person to communicate? And that's it. So, you know, I know that we kind of skip about like the, the story. Yeah. So I guess, you know, given all that we're talking about stories, can you now give us a, the story of uh, this winery and then Absolutely. maybe attach it with, with, a tea, with a lesson? Totally. <laughs> so, so we're at a winery called uh, Blizzard Wines. Dana uh, Blizzard, um, that's her married name, she grew up here on the property uh, and then went off to college, right? This is a property, by the way, we're in Oregon wine country. Now, Oregon um, is really well known for a grape variety called Pinot Noir. And the, the part of Oregon we're in, which is known as the Willamette Valley, is a cool climate growing region, which means that we can't make big, opulent, bold red wines in this region. At least historically, we couldn't. Temperature changing a little bit, so um, it's it's uh, you know it's shifting a, a little. But um, in this region, there are hundreds of wineries. We're surrounded by something like five, six hundred wineries just in this part of Oregon. There are just around a thousand wineries, give or take, in the entire state. And uh, here, you know, there's like I said, hundreds, all of whom, or almost all of whom make at least one Pinot Noir, and many of them make a lot of Pinot Noir. So Dana grows up here. There's Pinot Noir planted here on the property, and, uh, and she goes off to college in Washington State. Now, Washington State, just north of us, has growing regions that are a little bit further to the east in a much warmer part of the state, okay, where they can grow and ripen grapes like Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, things that make big, rich reds. And um, we'll get back to that in just a moment. That, that's, that's key. But she, she goes to Washington State, comes back. Apparently, uh, she's you know sort of not sure what she wants to do. Sort of similar to your story, right? Uh, what am I going to do? I'm out of the military. I'm going to, I'll go take a class. Well, what she decided to do was teach herself how to make wine, which she did in her parents' basement, just you know, the, the, the next uh, building over from where we are right now, and became fascinated, as you mentioned, with French wines, particularly wines from a region of France, very famous region called Bordeaux. 
And Bordeaux is famous for Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Malbec, Cabernet Franc, and another, another grape that's uh, lesser known called Petit Verdot. It's also really well known for the, the wine that's in this glass that, that you've been enjoying called Carmenere, which historically comes from there, but isn't grown there anymore. This is so anyway, lot, lot, so lots, lots more that we can talk about on that, on that particular grape, but I, but I wanna get back to Dana's story. So here we are surrounded by wineries that are known for making Pinot Noir. And Dana says, I really love these wines. I wanna make wines like this. And she can't get those grapes here, but we're not very far from Washington State where she can source fruit and then bring it back here and make great wines out of it. And so she has decided in the middle of Pinot country to make wines that are bigger and bolder and richer than any of her neighbors because heck, there's, a, there's an audience for that stuff too. And so that helps distinguish her from, and her wines and her winemaking from what everybody else in the area is doing. But, but wait, there's more as, as uh, Ron Popeil might say, right? And, and that's that she became fascinated in her trips to France not just with the Bordeaux region and, and a little bit further south, the Rhone region where they make things like Syrah and Grenache, Mulvedra, uh, but she became fascinated with sparkling wine. And so I not only <laughs> is she making big, bold red wines, but she said, I really like champagne. I think I'm gonna import champagne. And what did we learn? 34, 34. champagne producers. Boutique, small yep, boutiques small from France. So, so they're known as, um, in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the wine industry, they, they may be known as uh, grower producers, right? Or, or because in most of Champagne, the big houses, the big famous names that we know, Moet Chandon or uh, Boulanger, Tatanger, um, those guys all buy fruit. They, they own their own fruit and then they buy fruit from everybody. And so they're what are known as negotiants where they're purchasing fruit and making, and even purchasing finished wine and blending it all together. These small grower producers, it's just like what we're surrounded by here. They have a vineyard, they make the wine. That's it, right? So, and there's hundreds upon hundreds of these guys, but they're not famous names. Nobody knows them. Mm -hmm. in, in the wine industry, I was gonna say a moment ago, um, they're, they're uh, lovingly known as farmer fizz, is what they call them. So, interesting. Uh, I, lo I love yeah. learning about all this stuff, you know? Like, that's what I love about doing this podcast is I just come here to have an interesting conversation with yeah. people and learn so much. And I don't know anything about wine, to be honest. I am trying to. Uh, I live in, like I live literally eight to nine minutes away from here. So this is all like wine country. And I really want to get deep, deep into this. So this is like my, my, my way to, to get into this, this world. I mean, you know, having someone like you, like being a, a wine guide and, and knowing so much. I mean, clearly you're throwing out so many different names, very technical for wine, you know, savvy people. Like they're going to be like, oh my God, he knows his wines. For me, it's like, they all sound great, but I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I mean, all I can tell you is that this smells and tastes amazing. And I've been here before, had a great experience too. So it's amazing. It's amazing to have to to be able to have this opportunity, you yeah, know. And, and it's just all about you know this the story. I love it, right? Like I, I don't know, you know, I was super engaged. <laughs> I was like, tell me more. And even though like we know I, we heard part of the story already, and it's been it's been amazing. So 
now in this part of the podcast, I like to, uh, before you know, we wrap things up, I like to open it up for, for the guests to give their biggest takeaways that they want to leave the audience with. So either you know, one or two, maybe three takeaways that you want to leave the audience with that they can really you know, take home to, to reflect on. Well, I, I, want, I want to circle back to where we started in terms of claiming a position because I think that it, to a certain extent, relates to the story stuff that we've been talking about. And stories are the thing that make an idea resonate and stick with somebody for a long time, right? And when you combine that with claiming a different position from everybody else out there, whether you're inventing a brand new category of business or a new category of product, or you're saying, hey, we're just like all the other products out there except we have a different special ingredient or a special mechanism or a means by which we create the thing that we create, right? Whatever, whatever it may be. And then you layer story on top of that to connect the it. The why. Right. Well, and, and why, the, the why can often be the story, right? Mm-hmm. The, it, a, a form of storytelling is the origin story. Where did this come from? How did I end up here? I had a problem myself in my life, and so I created the solution for me, and heck, I realized this works for me. There's probably other people out there who it could work for too. Maybe I'm going to you know, create a business around showing other people what I figured out myself. And by the way, you may remember back to the beginning of this episode, that's exactly what happened with our business and the prepare group is we figured out something within our own business that we then could use to improve our situation. And we now teach others exactly what we did and how they can do it themselves. I love it. I love how we, we tie everything together. You know, you see two strategies together. That's what happens. We can take wine and make it about a lesson about business and marketing and storytelling. And I love this. I love this. It's, it's been a great conversation. I think that, you know, anybody that is uh, into wine, they're definitely in business, right? Wine in business, this is this conversation. I've already been thinking about the title and everything, right? Like just about wine in business and uh, it's, been, it's been pretty cool. So how can people find you? Oh, it's very easy. They can uh, find me at thepreparedgroup.com. Uh, you'll, you'll find all my contact information on page and uh, on the site, and um, feel free to reach out if you have questions about either business or about wine. Happy to answer them. Perfect. And um, David is also uh, part of my community and my Slack community that I have. Uh, so if also if you're part of the community, you can also reach out to him uh, very easily through there, and I'll make sure that that he responds and checks it out. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh man, that, you know, again, just, I just want to say thank you for taking this time. It's been an amazing time. I can't wait to, you know, keep drinking this, having more conversations and um, just record more content and share it with the world. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Fu. I appreciate it. So this was David Bear and Fu, and this is Oz signing off. Thanks for listening to Moments with Fu with your host, Fu. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.